Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Overrated and Underrated with Celine and Fisa. Hi. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Are you guys ready? Yes. Not ready. I'm I'm bad nervous this week. I don't know why. <laughs> Who am I? You had a week to deal with backlash. I don't know how brave you're going to come this week, Nafisa. And also... Listen, I said it with my chest. I said friends is overrated and I stick to it. All right. Who's going first this week? Selene, you went last week, Nafisa. The order matters. So I'm thinking which one to go first. Uh, All right. I'm going to go for the intertwined. Easy, no, but I'm going to go for the easy one. Right. Um... Even though I thought friends I feel like this week you've got time. some of mine. I have an inkling. <laughs> Imagine one week we're going to say the same ones. Right, my first one in overrated is big weddings. Why are you going to make the same mistake, Nafisa? Whoa! Everybody's going to come for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I say this because on Sunday... You I know there's someone listening to this right now and she's choosing the flowers for her wedding. Are you going to stand by this? So I went to a wedding on Sunday. Yeah, it was a close friend of mine. Oh my dear, she's calling out a specific wedding. No, it was a small wedding, it was a small wedding. All right, all right. This is what made me think of it. But I've been thinking for a while that the whole, like, mod, the whole wedding model needs a bit of a revamp. Mm. Like, why are you being introduced to people on your wedding day? Question number one. What do you mean? Oh, like family Because they're so big Mm. that you don't even know half the people there. And you know what? You know what the madness is? You won't see them again. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you no, know, but like, for example, back home, like from my parents, the baraka comes from the fact that even though there's loads of people, a lot of them are not as well off. Mm. So feeding them, like providing them a meal, you know, some of them aren't actually having meat that often. So them coming and having like a whole curry and dessert and all sorts, there, there's a lot in that. Mm. Um but I just feel like even like accessory issues, like there's a lot of food waste because you are catering for like these 300 people. Yeah. In a lot of our cultures, we don't cater per plate. We just do like, here's a bowl of sheet kebabs, here's a bowl of whatever. Um, and I, I just feel like the, the whole wedding model needs to change a bit because I, I think big weddings are just... What are your two top recommendations? My two top recommendations. So I feel like there's three circles of the wedding guests. Oh, the wow. first circle. Really unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> the first circle is like immediate friends and immediate family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, oh, this person's my auntie's nephew's nephew's son, none of that, right? And then the second circle is the extras, yeah? And then the third, once you pass that barrier, you get into, oh, if we invite this person, we have to invite that person. And if we invite that family, then this family is going to find out about it. Yeah. But I, I feel like a lot of it is... I don't think I don't think I'm doing justice to to this. But Do you think it's watching face? Yeah, I feel like a lot of it is like, oh, what will this community say and what will that family say and what will this family say? The reality is that if you were going through a difficult time in your wedding and yeah. your marriage, sorry, 
those people won't be there for you. And this is not like trying to be petty or anything like that. It's just genuinely, I feel like weddings should be a genuine time of happiness and baraka, and you should be able to look at the people in the audience <laughs> or like you know sitting at tables um and feel a genuine happiness that they're that they're there like the wedding i went to on sunday there's probably about 35 40 guests yeah. and you Is know this the, was this the wedding this was the nikah okay um but they're going for low-key reception as well mm. and they you know like i was able to talk to the groom side you know mm. and you didn't have these like accessory aunties trying to get you married <laughs> off and trying to sc- scout you out and stuff. It was genuinely like two sides of the family coming together to really wish the bride and groom well and get to know each other and things like that. Can I ask a question? Yeah. When you're talking about big weddings, are you yeah. talking about them in terms of capacity or are you talking about in expense? Because you can do both. Yes, there's, there's, there's that side as well. Like, why, why, why is your dad remortgaging his house? Oh, for real. Don't wedding? get into debt because like of the Like, the wedding. amount of horror stories I've heard about people spending money that they don't actually have mm. on these weddings to show face and then the couple are starting life like on on nothing on nothing yeah yeah i know a couple who actually kept it so low-key they kept all of their money for like traveling the world for a year yeah Alhamdulillah. i don't know part of me i just have this inner bougie bit where i just want a big fabulous wedding still you can still have bougie you can. My sister says that to me all the time. She yeah, was like, Sarah. If anything, if you keep it small But do you need 300 tight, people there, babes? You can do bougie and small and intimate. No, do you know, don't no, get me wrong. Don't. No, let, me put my dis- think let, me, let me put my disclaimers in before everyone comes. Um, if, you, if you genuinely want a big wedding and you genuinely want 300 people, then fine. But what I feel like is a lot of people feel like they have to do it mm. and they have to put on a big wedding and they have to invite 300 people and they have to do that whole thing and sit on the stage and have everyone gawk at them. But if if it's not what you want, don't do it. So you don't have an issue with having a big wedding, but if you feel like... I feel like it's if, just become like commonplace and forced. Mm. Yeah, like you have to. Yeah, you have you to have, have, have the to. stage, the round tables, the centerpieces. Yeah. I think it's when it becomes a burden to the couple and the family. That's the only time and it's an relative, issue. isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's what yeah, it is. It's you, relative. If... Listen, guys, have you seen Gabrielle Union's wedding video? Yeah, I have actually. Oh my <laughs> lord! <laughs> Both of you. No, listen. I went through a whole phase. My friend was getting married, and we went through a whole phase of looking at wedding videos, like expert videography. Um, Gabrielle Union's is off the flipping chain. Everyone was there, isn't it? Listen, Rick Ross has a moat around his house. Uh, my next overrated is contraception. Uh, according to an Amali, your face is Mum, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dad, I hope you're not listening. I'm just trying to figure out how you're going to... So according to an article by Amalia, there are 13 types Every of... Every day, plug Amalia. <laughs> Every day. I'm actually going to make an aim now to plug one article per podcast. It is what it is. Um, so according to an article on Amalia.com, uh, there are apparently about 13 contraception options for women. For women. Yeah. Is this our Dr. Hanks article? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I've spoken to a few women about this. I came with my research and focus groups for this, yeah? And I've spoken about it on Twitter before as well. Wait, is that allowed? She came with focus groups, you know? No, I'm stopping you from doing a focus group. Um, 
And I feel like with all these contraceptions, there's there's still not really any contraception that really works for women. Like I spoke to women that are on the pill. I spoke to women on the implant and blah, blah, blah. 99.1%. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of trial and error. Like some of the stories you hear about people on the pill and people in the Im- on the implant, like from their mood to hair falling out to mm. no to sex To being drive. on your period for a year. Yeah, to being on oh, endless yeah. bleeding as if that's not contraception itself. Like it just is quite shocking. Yeah. And I, I personally feel like women almost don't like women. Even with all this, like, oh, we've got thirteen options. There's not really that much choice. Everyone holds the pill as this like holy grail, but I'm, I'm not really sold, and I'm quite disappointed, and I feel quite angry about. I think what I'm more gobsmacked about is there's that many solutions or options. Where are the options for men? And this, and why is it that women have to put something in? You know, I don't want to get personal, but I refuse to put anything inside my butt. Sorry. Yeah, that's what jars me the most. Most men don't like wearing condoms, though. Yeah, they, they even did like this. They started this research on the male pill, and then surprise, surprise, because it had side effects. They had to stop developing it. Meanwhile, women are just expected to put up with the side effects. I genuinely feel like wow. a lot of women are felt like they are held hostage to their contraception. Yeah. And at the same time, I would like to put the first world disclaimer that I do understand that we are very privileged to even have mm. uh, access and free access. Shout out to the NHS who are who are so underrated. Um, shout out to NHS for having contraception freely, widely available. Um, but I, I just, I, I just, I'm really disappointed, guys. That's that's me. I'm part of lots of mummy groups on Facebook, <laughs> and shout out to all of them. And uh, there was a conversation around this, and one of the mums was like, "Oh, I tried the withdrawal method," and then her next comment was a picture of her kid. I know someone who ma- um, he managed to do like a good couple of years of their marriage with withdrawal. For it's te- real? yeah, it te- it's technique. There is the it? paranoia. You you can't oh, live like, life like that. Hey, the thing is though, like. What other options do you have? Like, right so now? many of them are hormones. Are you going to say, what about this Natural Cycles app who are currently going through issues because apparently... Litigation. The, so basically, apparently, this came out literally this week. Um, they can't advertise anymore what they've currently been advertising there because they've been advertising, I think, 99 point something percent in terms of... Accuracy. Yeah, oh, accuracy. No. And then they actually dug deeper into the trials and what they're actually using to use those claims. And so they've gone through like a, a court, um, I think it started in the US. So oh, it's wow. basically saying it's, it's misled consumers. Oh, so basically everybody's got pregnant off of... <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, they because they, they're basically you saying that we are as effective as say the pill, mm. right? But if you think about the pill and if you think about a lot of hormonal contraception, they have had years and years and years and years of trials mm. and their, their sample and target like, number of people that they've used mm. you know it's, it's in the hundreds of thousands but and i i personally feel like this is a wider issue around women's health and if this was a men's contraceptive app or whatever it was we wouldn't have even got to the stage where we're now debating whether their advertising is according to advertising standards agency what, what other option do women have right now don't have sex um don't have sex um, it's it's the fact that so so many are based on <laughs> on hormonal contraception, and it's like mm. we already have our hormones fighting about because of our period. God, it's just like, what did they do in the olden days? Pull out. Well, I mean, that's why they no, had no, ten no. kids. Should we get deep? For real, they used to use intestines. Huh? I'm sure. I'm sure. I I feel like I need to Google this. How far are you going back? Hold up, intest intestinal condoms. <laughs> it makes sense though. 
Allow it. Allow it. sausage. I'm trying to ignore it. The condoms used in ancient Rome were made out of linen and animal sheep, goat, intestines, or bladder. You know what? Just knowing that is contraception. You ain't never having sex if you know that. The whole thing is long. See, the I whole read thing. stuff like that and I'm like, I should be really grateful. But then at the same time, I, I see what my hormones are doing. And I'm like, oh, I Hormones, sex, it's all long. Everything's long. Contraception, long. Everything's long. Even so long back in the day. fact of the day, the first rubber condom was produced in 1855. Oh my God, I bet it was really thick rubber as well. <laughs> I bet it was awful. Poor girl. Oh. Oh. Guinea pig. Oh, I feel like most desserts are overrated. Oh, you know what? I was just about to say to you, you've come strong today. And then you said that what? one. And no, I'm no, like, no, how no, am I supposed to react to this? Sure. Go no, do you know what? I say this because, you know, everyone I feel like likes to think they're a dessert person. Yeah. And then as you get older, your palate gets more refined. Just everyone doubting themselves, friends is crap. <laughs> Desserts are right. This is someone's life. They like chocolate <laughs> and they like friends. No, listen. As I got older, there's certain things I ate because of the nostalgia of it being really yummy like when what? I was younger. Like, curly for example, wellies. these stupid... Who ate what? curly wellies? No, curly wellies. On your own. On your own. No. No one had... No one bought curly wellies. Like, for example, those those waffles that they sell in all these dessert shops that popped up. Creams. Last, yeah. Creams. <laughs> it just tastes... Naked dough. Another one. Dead. What's it's naked dough? One of them more hipster. Oh, I haven't had that yet. Don't, they sell it in don't, Westfield. Don't, don't. <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> no, it looks good because they've, like, properly done the millennial branding vibe. Is it just bread? No, his dough, man. You lot go and then see if it makes your overrated or underrated <laughs> list. But I th- and I, I I put this on my list actually like a month ago because I remember having a meal and I thought Do you know I was at work I was like Do you know what I want something sweet and I went and bought a cookie and I bit into it and I was like this is dead. I feel like to have a good dessert experience you actually have to spend a bit of money. Oh, laderating. Because yeah. so you what you're saying is cheap desserts are overrated. Most desserts are cheap desserts. It's just some butter and sugar put together and said, oh, it's a dessert. And this is my other problem. Most desserts are very Instagrammable, but they're not actually nice. Right. So, Weena. Oh, God, I'm weak this week. I feel like I've, I've had to really because we've had that one week turnaround, Sarah. Right, are you ready? So the first one, and I feel like people, are, and this is not personal, right? I just need to make that disclaimer. Come like disclaimer. It's not personal, but it's just, you know, I, I'm here to help you guys. Like, number one is bubble baths as a form of self-care. Oh, now go him. No, do you know what? No, because I'm here to help you, yeah? I'm your sister. I'm your friend. That bubble bath has not helped anything in your life. You've been in a warm bath, which quickly goes cold. Yeah. yeah that, it goes but cold. I feel like be bubble honest. baths should be overrated. <laughs> they they quickly go cold. There's no point of it, so honestly. I was shocked, guys, just for those that can't see her. And the thing is, everyone thinks that's a form of self-care. It's not. It's really not. Why aren't you just having a bath? Why do why how is that self care? Are we that has it got to that level that we don't even have just a bath with a few bubbles? I don't know how I feel I don't know how to feel right now. Because what just, you guys do when you come to these overrated sessions is you strip away everything that's great about nineties rom com Hollywood movies <laughs> approach to self care. Yeah, but no one told you after tw- why is she still in the bath for twenty minutes? That water's cold. It's Legit true. that it's water's true. cold. Can I just read you out the tweet that <laughs> Selena put out seven hours ago? <laughs> it says <laughs> so savage <laughs> she said self-care not working question mark 
you're having too many bubble baths it's time for discipline that's what it is it's, i think we've got the wrong end of the stick with self-care i really think and a lot of it is rooted in consumerism which is problematic mm. in itself mm. a lot of it is actually a bit mundane and it's not instagrammable and it's a bit boring self-care is discipline like actually like disciplining what you how you eat so you don't you know, in a few weeks time, feel crap about yourself or whatever it is. So, yeah, yeah I fully think bubble baths are, are just, one, overrated, and two, overrated in the form of self-care. But why do people put bubbles in the bath? Is it to cover up their bits? Nostalgia. I cover just, up their bits? Well, because I, I don't know if... Every, and Who like, are you we, having a bath with, bro? What? No, listen, it, that, that's exactly my point. I don't really want to have a look at anything when I'm in the bath. I don't want to have to, like, It's nostalgia again. It's, it's people trying to tap into a feeling that they had when they're younger. Who didn't get in the bath with their sibling? Hollywood people. has sold you the idea that if you have a bubble bath, your debt's going to go, your relationship problems <laughs> are going to be uplifted. You're not... Like, come on now. What is it? Think and about let's it. let's be real. You lot all trying to read a book in the bubble bath to act like that's no, the extra no I've self-care. tried to do that yeah, yeah. your going to get wet it's soggy. stop it it no doesn't work. Soggy, but don't get wrong like, I have tried to have a bubble bath and I'm like <laughs> I'm using way too much water there's also a wider conversation about what self care is yeah I mean I think like I said I think we've got self care wrong it is discipline sometimes it's hard sometimes it's actually pushing yourself to do the things that you you want to do mm. you should be doing sorry like I think we've we've confused self-care and self-indulgence mm. and some self-care is actually you indulging mm. and it's taking you away from the path that you're meant to be. Is that wrong though to indulge every now and then? Because some people do. Every like, now and then is fine. It depends where you're at. Like, like if, 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 like for some people, if you're not, if you're in a rut because you're not reaching your goals or your life's just not how you want it to be a bubble bath's not helping Every, everyone needs a treat now and then yeah That's what, uh, yeah and everyone yeah you do need to take care of yourself but if there's not the other side of that which is the the discipline the pushing you yourself. know who speaks about it really well on twitter who najwa if mm-hmm. you don't know her muslim create founder of muslim creatives but i love how she's so honest about it like sometimes mm-hmm. she's having a bubble bath and sometimes she's like you know what i got loads of emails done and i did my work yeah. that is self-care yeah progress true. progression is self-care there's Self- a really good thread on this on twitter where she was like i realized that i w- it, I was getting self-care all wrong and self-care was actually showing up mm. and it was yeah. you know sometimes i feel like self-care is often also passed off as yeah be flaky oh if you're not feeling it yeah. actually call into work and say you don't want to come in that's self-care you know and, and don't get me wrong i think there needs to be some nuance around that conversation and yeah sometimes the environment you're working in isn't good for your mental health and things like but that but then self-care for you would be to take time and find a new job yeah yeah yeah, yeah. not have a bubble bath <laughs> but do you really think people people's go-to is bubble baths i'll be honest with you i think it's a lot of people whole... find it quite uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> that we've completed this whole treat treat yourself with self-care yeah. no treat yourself you're not i remember going to the tesco near us i don't want to say tesco but the tesco near us <laughs> and i'd done loads of work and i thought oh let me treat myself and i'm standing there at the bakery aisle like i'm gonna get a croissant and i'm like this isn't I don't love myself. This isn't self-care. This is self-sabotage. Mm. And I think that's the key point. Sometimes, actually, you are self-sabotaging. Mm. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to get the crossing. I'm going to get some fruit. Because mm. that's me nourishing myself. Mm. And that is self-care. Uh, don't get me wrong. For some people, it works as a relaxation. There you go. So that was my number one. Thank you very much. Okay, this is something that Nafisa has spoken about, actually. She did a whole article, Not Everyday Plug Amalia. My voice is changing now, I'm nervous. Come forward. Okay. Um, but I think WhatsApp groups. Do you know what it is? Oh, and no. I think... Group meals. <laughs> I'm part of quite a lot of, ho- a lot of groups, from homeschooling to community 
I mean, the only one I really like is actually our family group. We actually, me, I post updates on what the kids are doing, so the family know what the kids are doing. But other WhatsApp groups, I a whole week will go, and I've had three hundred messages. Or I feel like you have the other end where the WhatsApp group gets started in excitement and then quickly goes. And dead. there was a purpose, and then next minute, you know, you know what what's happening now. If there's a forward going around, the same person who was in a group with me in five other groups <laughs> is posting in all those five groups. So I've got that reminder five times in my phone pinging throughout the day. And I think that overrated. Again, I think it's that you having to filter through the message to scroll up to find the relevant Im- Im- message is like such a waste of time. Oh. And I think a lot of it is rooted in FOMO. You feel like you need to be part of the group so you don't miss out. You're not missing out. So when I first started here, Naf was talking to me about WhatsApp just before she wrote the article. And I was like... She boycotted it. Yeah. And I was and she uh, she was talking to me about it. And I was like, this is revolutionary, rare, rare, rare. And I couldn't bring myself to delete WhatsApp altogether. But the one thing I did do was exit all my groups like that evening mm-hmm. or something. And I felt the biggest sense of relief just because getting like 100 notifications within the space of five minutes is enough to give anybody like anxiety and you know what the worst is when someone calls you out for not responding i'm like yeah what <laughs> sorry are you paying my bills no Pub- no you know sorry publicly <laughs> shaming you know what's up no group? that's not the worst one the worst thing ever is finally contributing and have everybody blasting you you know what i was that guy you, you can't come back from that but what do you think the alternative is to whatsapp the whatsapp groups if they're quite efficient though like sometimes like, you know what, the, the no there needs WhatsApp... to be rules there needs to be management <laughs> rules like you know there, some of the best whatsapp groups it's like you need to only post about this and that's it and you know when you've got those admins that come in like a sister do you, please don't post that <laughs> do you know do you know when you know a whatsapp group's taken the the downturn when when someone comes with Hi, I know this is a bit off topic, but my cousin's looking to get married oh. so if you can recommend anyone <laughs> and you're like no you just killed the group so my next overrated and it pains me to say this because I was I really enjoyed going to them long time fan a long time fan <laughs> pound shops 99p still used to be my fave but nothing was 99p it was like 5 or 99 it wasn't 99p you have the random ones like 49p and over and I'm like what and I also feel like you get bumped in the pound shop like you see you do my mum always says it my mum always tells us this because my mum is like expert price comparison person (laughs) like she'll look at a hand wash or something she'll be like in Sainsbury's this is 79p here is 90 and she does that with especially their like bath stuff like shower gels and things like that she's like expert at price comparison expert bro expert Expert. she'll she'll go to like three different supermarkets because she knows the different prices money supermarket recommends you do that trust me that's a lot of effort but yeah I think pound shops are overrated and recently my crux has been the miss selling why am I walking in and there's tops in there Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Five pounds and my local pound shop now has a clothing section at the end. No, nothing's a pound. Selena fully went in there, took a video and sent it to me. She was like, guess where I am? And I was like, where? She's like, pound shop's got a clothing section. I, I thought, oh, wow, everything's a pound. And I was like, oh, is everything a pound? She's like, no, seven ninety nine, eight nine. And you know what? When you empty, you know when you're doing a clear out from your home, the majority of stuff is from the pound store. It's true. The majority of stuff going back into the cycle is from the pound shop. Go. All right, Naf, let me get you underrated. Let's find the dictionary definition. Oh. Dictionary definition. Right. My first underrated is PMS. Underrated? Agreed. Yep. Pre-menstrual syndrome, and, which and refers to physical and emotional symptoms that occur in the one to two weeks before a woman's period. Symptoms often vary between women and resolve around the start of bleeding Common symptoms include acne, tender breasts, bloating, feeling tired, irritability, and mood changes. She read out the whole definition. So a lot of people think it's a myth, you know. Yeah, oh, this is why I feel what? like it's underrated. When you say a lot, a lot is men. No, 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 no. It's women as well because I feel like we play into, you know, like all of us at some point in our life have been. Has someone said to us, "Oh, you moody because you're on your period." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I feel like because of that stereotype, we then underplay PMS and like no I'm, I'm not my period actually no but you are babes no but I'm not my period do you know what I mean because we don't want like you need to, to hide it yeah and we don't want to be we also don't want to associate ourselves with the stigma and yeah. we feel like there's something wrong with being moody you know and I feel like a lot I, I put it as underrated because I feel like a lot of women don't take their PMS seriously because they don't want that stigma with it and I remember we were talking about this in the office where every period before your period starts you know we were talking about this last week yeah where like you feel upset you feel like this big dark cloud is right on your head you feel like you know the world's ending blah 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 blah. and every single period i've i've got better at it but i feel like every period i never ever think that it's my period mm. i always think it's the things in my life mm. and i never think it's my period but that's because we don't actually get educated about pms we don't actually yeah, and we, we don't, I think part of the issue is we don't validate it for each other yeah. because there's a stigma attached to all oh, being moody because you're on your period. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who does a really good talk on this is a founder of Women Code. And she basically says that in a month, you are four different people because your hormone levels are so different when you're ovulating, when you're about to approach your period, when you're on your period, when you finish your period, when you essentially finish your shedding. And, you know, she validates the the sort of things that women go through in their period so i feel like people just need to uh own pms basically like yeah you're moody like i feel so relieved hearing that i swear we'll lie and you feel like okay one day of the month usually like when i look back and i'm like oh what happened last month i feel like i was only happy for one day mm-hmm. because the lead up to getting your period you just you have a big black cloud if there was an illustration it would literally be a, that a cloud big black cloud moving yeah. over and then you're when like you get moving your period, slow you're yeah. like and then you just think you just you you attribute it to you know like work or yeah, yeah. stress or like and it's not, eating it's and you start doubting yourself you're like yeah. i'm not being productive i'm not moving i'm not doing this and i'm like yeah i actually oh God, can't it's so in the lead up of my period i always uh, my self-confidence mm. is somewhere else yeah like it's, it's always like that i make it a big point to actually tell my team 
Like mm-hmm. if even Nafisa, if I start on my period, I'll tell her like on the day I'm like I'm running late, I'm on my period, mm. because it's it's the fact that I'm just moving slower. Mm. I, I my memory goes kaput, my energy is down, my body aches. Like this, I'm sure there's things that I can rectify with my diet, but where I am in my life, it just drains me. And I've mm. had to even start telling my four year old about like because she sees mummy's different, and I'm actually like you know, Baba, I'm not well, and she knows that Mama's not well mm. throughout the month. <laughs> Oh, sorry, through the month <laughs> at specific times. But even when we've had like, you know, men on our team, I have felt no way to say, you know, they'll be like, oh, Selena, you, you don't seem like yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'm on my period. Yeah. Because and then they go quiet thing. and I'm like, I need to just tell you that, yeah. you know, my body is going through something quite drastic. I'm losing blood. I think that if men had periods, the world would be different. The world mm-hmm. would be a different space, man. Like, have you guys read the poem, If Men Had Periods? No. Mm-mm. It's called... If Men Could Menstruate, and it's by Gloria Steinem. And it was published in 1978. I know Gloria Steinem, she famous. Mm -hmm. So it says, since history was recorded, male human beings have built whole cultures around the idea that penis envy is natural to women. Though having such an unprotected organ might be said to make men more vulnerable, and the power to give birth makes womb envy at least logical. In short, logic has nothing to do with it. What would happen, for instance, if suddenly, magically, men could menstruate and women could not? The answer is clear. Menstruation would become an enviable, boastworthy, masculine event. Men would brag about how long and how much. Boys would mark the onset of their menses, that longed-for proof of manhood, with religious rituals and stag parties. The US Congress would fund a National Institute of Dysmenorrhea, (laughs) <laughs> to help stamp out monthly monthly discomforts. Sanitary supplies would be federally funded and free. Of course, some men would still pay for the prestige of commercial brands such as John Wayne tampons, Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope pads, Joe Namp <laughs> jock shields for those lighter bachelor days, and Robert Beretta Blake maxi pads. Military men, right-wing politicians, and religious fundamentalists would cite menstruation, men being capital, as proof that only men could serve in the army, you have to give blood to take blood. Wow. Occupy political office. Can women be aggressive without that steadfast cycle governed by the planet Mars? Be priests and ministers would say, how could a woman give her blood for our sins? Or rabbis, without the monthly loss of impurities, women remain unclean. So it wouldn't be seen as unpure, it would be seen as a cleansing. Male radicals, mm. left-wing politicians and mystics mystics however would insist that women are equal just different and that any woman could enter their ranks if only she were willing to self-inflict a major wound every month you must give blood for the revolution recognize the preeminence of menstrual issues or subordinate her self selfness to all men in their cycle of enlightenment street guys would brag i'm a three pad man or answer praise from a buddy man you're looking good by giving high fives and saying yeah man i'm on the rag TV shows would treat the subject at length. Happy Days, Richie and Potsy try to convince Fronzie that he is still the Fronz, though he Monday, has missed Tuesday, two periods happy days. in a row. Yeah. So, so would newspapers judge sites monthly stress in pardoning rapist and movies Newman and Redford in Blood Brothers. Men would convince women that intercourse was more pleasurable at the time of the month. Lesbians would be said to fear blood and therefore life itself, though probably only because they needed a good menstruating man. And the end part is, of course, male intellects would offer the most moral and logical arguments. How could a woman master any discipline that demanded a sense of time, space, math, math, 
space mathematics or measurement for instance without that inbuilt gift for measuring the cycles of the moon and the planet and thus for measuring anything at all in the rare fields of philosophy and religion could women compensate for missing the rhythm of the universe or for their lack of symbolic death and resurrection every month it's true so my second one I feel is less controversial, more like an eye-opener. Mm. So my second one is eating disorders. Uh, underrated? Yeah. Okay. Explain yourself. So, I mean, I'm not going to say the overrated, am I? No. <laughs> so, the, I don't know if saying it's eating disorders is underrated as justice to what I'm trying to say here. But I've been reading a book. Just gonna pick up my book, and it's called First Bite: How We Learn to Eat by B. Wilson, and it basically talks about our behavior with food and how it's a learnt behavior and all the different uh, factors that contribute to that learnt behavior, be it how supermarkets market to whether you have siblings or not to how your parents raised you and things like that. Um, and something that the book made me realize was a lot of us do not have healthy relationships with food. And I think that's what, in the same way we don't really acknowledge PMS as being a thing, we don't really acknowledge how dysfunctional our relationship with food is because we take it as a norm. You know, like I go into a supermarket and I'm like, actually 90% of this stuff I can't eat because mm. it's like got extra sugar, it's hugely processed, I'm trying not to eat. Um, yeah, Selena touched on it with the whole self-care thing where she was saying how, you know, a croissant isn't a treat. And even those like dysfunctional relationships we have with what is a treat and even how we raise our children to be like, oh, if you eat this green stuff, you can then have Coke as a treat, you know. And she was saying um, the book, what the book says as well is when we take children shopping, one of the first food decisions they make is what cereal they want because it's so easy like, oh, do you want Cocoa Pops, do you want Netwakes and things like that, Nesquik? and stuff like that we should be saying which vegetables do you want which fruit do do we want and you know it we the way we parent kids and we kind of emulate what the supermarkets have already kind of indoctrinated into us mm. so i feel like a lot of us do have issues with food but we don't view them as disorders because it's so commonplace so ingrained yeah so ingrained like i'm trying to now look at white carbs as just sugar you know, and I'm trying, I was talking to you guys about looking at places like McDonald's and takeaways. As, oh, cardboard. Yeah, as, as it's cardboard, it's not actually a food source. And a lot of the foods that we see day to day in the supermarkets and restaurants and things like that, they're just not sufficient as food sources. Yeah. And as they're not nourishing yeah and i feel like even if you do recognize it you still have a long way to then actually rectify it and Mm. and not engage with that sort of food anyway so yeah a bit of a serious one but i i felt like reading the book kind of just made me realize a lot of us have very dysfunctional is there a relationship read from the book i feel like it's a lot of reading (laughs) (laughs) all right what's your next one so i think what is hugely underrated as a responsibility among all of us is writing a will. I hear that. And I wanted to share the hadith, Mm. which is, it says, it is a duty of a Muslim who has anything to bequest not to let two nights pass without writing a will about it. Yeah. It's Sahih Bukhari. Um, Yeah, I know this is one of the drier underwriters we've had, but again, I think it's hugely important. 
And the reason I'm raising it is I've heard a lot of horror stories from people whose family members haven't written wills and they've been left really and truly in the lurch. Mm. And what it's meant is they can't fully mourn what and about what's happened yeah Yeah, and they can't really move forward like selena was you were telling me about um the family who had to change all their service providers because they didn't know the passwords for like you know the energy company this that they didn't have access to accounts stuff wasn't really left in their name in terms of their financial accounts and things like that and you know like imagine you like most houses just the admin you're sitting on the phone and you're like yeah, I'm trying to access the account. Oh, where's the the, the bill payer? They've passed away. Um, so I feel like it's something that we should take more seriously. Um, you As know, Muslims. Like, yeah, and even that hadith, it shows you the gravity of it, the fact that you shouldn't let two days pass um, because, you know, things change, things happen. And that we should... And also it links to, you know, in Islam, we do try and talk about death a lot. Yeah. And while other cultures or... or people outside of islam are like oh that's so morbid for us it is a reminder of you know why we're here and you know we are encouraged to go to the janazas and remember take yeah. lessons from people that passed before us yeah. um but yeah i, I think it's huge I, I i almost feel like it needs reviving that's me done that was it? a really beautiful one thank this you underrated me. i feel like mine have been quite serious it's all right I'm I'm not they've been really strong this week really? yeah really yeah. strong Sorry, you know this morning I woke up I texted Selena I said I'm, I had none right so my first underrated I feel like this week I've had to explain before I introduce um, my first one relates to us always saying I don't have time to study the dean I don't have time to boost my iman like, I can't go here I can't do that I can't read a book I can't listen to a lecture and I sometimes think the dean is not that hard. There is something that you can do right now. Dickhead. <laughs> but I think, yeah, so I think Dickhead is hugely <laughs> underrated. And everybody thinks like, you know, you have to light a candle, sit there, sit on your floor in a dark room with thusby and flowers and be in a state of wudu and, and nice hashtag self-care with your thusby. And have a cup of, you know, for it, wild flower tea or whatever it Which is. Which, by the way, oh, sorry, I was just going to cuss out. Good. That, that's another thing. that That's an overrated that needs to be in there. What? All herbal teas, to be honest. Especially you know from what? teachers. This week I was going to put taste... Twining's herbal teas. No. Oh, wait. Yeah, you should have. They are shockingly bad. They're really? bad. Shockingly Especially bad. when you buy them from, from a tea expensive. place. And do you know what? I've never bought them. I've always only had them at events, at corporate events. You know my friend? She always has tea, a, like a peppermint tea bag in her bag. It's a standard. And she asks for hot water at Costa. It's free. Oh, that is just Why are you paying £2 for £3 for it? They will just give me a headache. And if you want to get out of a meat, the worst thing to order is a, is a herbal tea because it doesn't cool down. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't cool it doesn't. down. Okay, sorry. That was like the next tangent. I think the killer is hugely underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can do the killer at any time when you're walking, when you're commuting, when you're doing mundane tasks at home, even like washing up. Just any time. I'm becoming a mother. My worship has changed. You know, there are what? <laughs> what, mum? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Didn't I say last week? Every podcast, Selena says, I don't know if people know, but I am a mum. <laughs> you know, before be- becoming a parent, I like, go to volunteer for this event, go to this lecture. I'd be bumming around all around London trying to get this Iman high. And then I had a kid, and I was like, oh, I, I can't Gotta do those things anymore. Yeah. 
And I was doing the little things like feeding my child, which I, you know, there's a lot of, it's a bather, isn't it? Like everything we do is a bather. But Ramadan came and I couldn't do those things. I work for a Muslim charity. Like you yeah. were at the top of being able to get a man has every single day. And I was like, what can I do? And that's when Dikir really entered my life. You know, I'd be washing up, I'd be feeding my child. And I just, something that I could do all the time, even when you're on your period. Like a lot of, of us are iman dips during our period because we can't pray. But actually you can do dhikr. And like one of my most favorite things is Subhan Allah al wa bihamdi, which translates at what? It's the, the one that has been made for Selena. Yeah. Oh, what does God, it read? Subhanallah. Glory is to Allah the Magnificent and his praise. Do you know what happens when you say that? A date palm tree is planted for you in Jannah. Isn't that an absolute... Did you not know that, Sarah? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Subhanallah. It's what? fully Selena. Yeah. Just a whole, her whole dream. It's just dreams. And actually, Hanan, our editor, she was telling me, like, she was sitting on the tube one day, and she was like, how beautiful is it? Mm. I was sitting on my commute, and I was planting date trees in Jannah. She was like, I'm doing metaphorical gardening. Oh, that yeah. was on Muslim Twitter one week, yeah. wasn't it? And I just think, you know... I, on my way to work, I do something. You know, you could do um, thicker on your commute into work mm. or thicker on your uh, commute out to work. You know, try, as you're falling asleep, people say, oh, I've got insomnia, rare, rare, rare. Do it just as you're falling asleep. Um, washing up, just mundane tasks even. And it's also so protective as well. Like, imagine how much you're changing. Oh, I'm going to sound so wee-woo now, but imagine how much you're changing your energy, mm. like wherever you go, just because you're being mindful of Allah with what you're saying, even if... It's just coming off the tip of your tongue quite absentmindedly. That's still like such a good thing that you're... And I think that's what it is. The reason why I say it's underrated is because, you know, if you're doing the kid for a week, it's hard to measure. It's hard to measure. Has this helped me? Has this boosted my man? Imagine you get to the doors of Jannah and Allah said, you know, you said, you said so much. Yeah, you said you made so much the kid that the doors of Jannah are going to open for you. Do you know what's underrated? What? Saying salam to like random Muslims. And I really like to sit, say it because I think it's it's a lovely, it's a beautiful term of endearment. And I guess in the times that we're living in, it makes you actually part of something wider than yourself. And it's a quick way of, I guess, bringing closeness to each other. Um, I love using the word term, the term sis. Like, if I meet you, I'll be like, you know, salam sis. Or I know some people find it proper cringe, <laughs> and I don't know if it's an age-related thing. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a really nice way of saying hi and bridging that gap. Okay, and what's your last one? So this one, sorry, I burped. <laughs> Um, this one, I've gone back and forth because I feel like I have to divulge my own state and obviously no one likes to talk about their own state because it's, it's not nice, isn't it? Um, hijabi hair care <laughs> is so underrated. Like, I feel like... You know, I only started wearing hijab. When did I start wearing hijab? I feel like I know you more as a hijabi than a non-hijabi. Mm-hmm. Do you know if you oh, like if you had only started wearing hijab a week ago, mm. I would when I look at you, I'd see you more as a non-hijabi because yeah. you've only been wearing. But I feel like you've tipped that balance where you are I'm not a hijabi. hijabi. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a new hijabi. You're anymore. a thirty hijabi now. <laughs> but yeah, I've been wearing hijab for five years, and I don't think a lot of us admit it, but my hair's a mess. <laughs> like 
my legit is a mess and i know there's some hijabis out there and you know under their hijab like you know brothers that get excited don't start imagining stuff <laughs> but there's some hijabis that they have legit nice hair underneath their hijab you know they take it out and the looks come out and they the just looks. fall it falls yeah and, and it's colored and, and just to let you know you know the stupid men that think when a woman takes off her hijab her hair just falls out You've got hijab hair in it. It's plastered to your scalp. It's Selena, your hair. I don't want to. I don't know how how much I'm supposed to expose you. You got really. I've done seen you without your hijab. But my hijab hair. Yeah, but try putting a brush through it. Yeah, I don't, you can't run a brush through my hair sometimes, and it does take a bit of a downturn. You yeah, know? on on Eid, we had a few sisters come round, and that was one of the topics of conversation. One mm. sister came and she's like, guys, I I just I don't know if any of you guys have this, and she really just opened up. Her and the hair loss yeah and the she's hair like, loss my the parting. my hair loss is going she was like i just don't look after it after i wash it i just bundle it into a bun and then put my hijab on and but, so when she takes it out and the day she's got loads of kink i mean I, I think there's loads of different things yeah the style that you're wearing it how you're wearing it. actually how many hours a day you're wearing it like i know mm. one sister she lives with uh <sighs> extended family oh, I love it. so so she's so wearing her hijab all day. Then she comes home, she can't even no. take... Because the first thing you want... The first thing I do before I even fling off my shoes is take off my hijab. No. Yeah. Don't think I haven't thought about shaving my hair. Okay, thank you guys for your overrated, underrated. Um, we hope everybody enjoyed listening at home. Do you guys want to say anything? Live your best life. Don't believe the hype. <laughs> all right, okay, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Salam. Salam. Hey everyone, she here from London. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amalia Voices. We'd love to get your feedback. So if you want to get in touch or read out next episode's credits, hit us up at contribute at amalia.com. We've also got a spot open for those of you who want to submit your own voices to Amalia and tell us what you really took away or liked from this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at Amalia underscore com and on Twitter at Amalia underscore tweets. This episode was hosted and produced by Sarah Amin and we'd like to thank Mr. Harry Hitchens for helping us out with equipment and Mario Saad for music. Like, share and subscribe and we'll see you on the next one. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.